Hello and welcome to Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. My name is Andrea Lendy, author of the book and Bible reader and studier for over a decade. And I'm excited to share some thoughts with you about today's reading. Welcome to day 185 of Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. Let us pray. Oh, Lord, thank you for teaching us more about you. May we hear the message you have for us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, let's see what Jesus is teaching about today in chapter 7. Jesus continues his Sermon on the Mount. He warns about judging others. He advises us to take a look at our own faults and shortcomings before we can even see to help anyone else. A couple of my favorite verses are in this chapter, verses 7 and 8. Keep on asking and it will be given you. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking reverently, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who keeps on asking receives, and he who keeps on seeking finds, and to him who keeps on knocking, the door will be opened. He lets us know that God is a gracious God, and in verse 11, he says, God gives good and advantageous things to those who keep on asking him. Yes, we truly serve a loving God. As loving as he is, Jesus does give us warnings to follow him closely, or it may not turn out well for us in the end. Ultimately, Jesus desires relationship with us, and no matter what our words say, he knows our heart. He knows if our hearts are truly his or if we are just talking like it's his. May we give our hearts fully to Jesus. Let's see what's happening in the new church in Acts chapter 14. Barnabas and Paul ministered to the people at Iconium. Many came to believe in Christ there, but there were some Jews who didn't, and they made life difficult for Paul and Barnabas. In fact, they wanted to stone them. So Paul and Barnabas escaped to Lystra, 30 miles away. An amazing miracle is noted in Lystra. Paul healed a crippled man, and then the people thought Paul and Barnabas were gods. They even tried to offer sacrifices to them. You can imagine they had never seen anything like this. However, the Jews who were upset with Paul and Barnabas from Iconium made the 30-mile trip to finish what they started. In fact, they were able to talk the people who considered Paul to be a god to go against him. Verse 19 says, But some Jews arrived there from Antioch and Iconium, and having persuaded the people and won them over, they stoned Paul, and afterward dragged him out of the town, thinking that he was dead. It's amazing how easily people are swayed to do such atrocities. The same thing happened to Jesus as the common people were persuaded to yell, Crucify him! The very people he had healed and taught the word of God did the same thing here with Paul. We read that Paul's disciples prayed over him, and he got up and went back to town. We see the power of prayer working here. Then he and Barnabas moved on to Derby, then back to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch, where the people who stoned him were. These men were willing to do dangerous things to spread the gospel, and we can be thankful they were, because their perseverance led to the spread of Christianity to the Gentiles. As we read about the beatings Paul took, we begin to understand God needed a man of zeal to spread his word, a man who wouldn't quit in the face of adversity. We praise God that he gave them the courage and faithfulness to continue his word and his work. And we can pray that God will give us an extra measure of courage today too. Well, let's see what's happening in Second Chronicles chapter 9. The Queen of Sheba traveled 1,500 miles to see Solomon, which is a long way. She was excited to see him in action, to see him in real life, because she had heard of his wealth and his wisdom. So she spent time asking him questions. I imagine the answers to her questions required deep thought, for she was extremely impressed by Solomon's answers. She was also impressed with his kingdom, the peace she saw, and the willingness of Solomon's people to serve. Yes, she was amazed, as I'm sure we would have been as well. 
She left Solomon giving him many gifts, and he gave her gifts. Starting with verse 13, we read about the wealth Solomon had. It starts out with him receiving 666 talents of gold every year. The value is somewhere between the hundreds of millions of dollars and billions of dollars every year. The larger gold shields Solomon had made were worth over $100,000 and the small ones about $75,000. That's a lot of gold. There was gold overlaid in many places as we read on. Again, we read that silver was as common as rocks. Verse 22 says, King Solomon surpassed all the kings of the earth in riches and wisdom. He ruled for 40 years, which is the amount of time his father ruled. In chapter 10, we read about some things that we are familiar with. After Solomon died, his son Rehoboam became the ruler. Leaders of the Israelites went to Rehoboam to ask him if he would lessen the load on them, mostly meaning the taxation burden. It appears Solomon heavily taxed the people and they were asking for a reprieve. When Rehoboam asked the elders how we should answer, they gave him very good advice. They told him if he would lower their burdens, then they'd serve him forever. But Rehoboam went looking for more advice from some younger, less wise men. It's kind of like when we were kids, we would first ask mom, and then if she didn't give us the answer we wanted, we'd go ask dad. Well, the younger advisors told him to tell the people he would make their burdens even heavier, and the people revolted. When Rehoboam sent his tax collector out to collect, they killed him. Then the ten tribes of Israel left, and verse 19 says that Israel has rebelled against the house of David to this day. The tribes of Judah and Benjamin stayed under Rehoboam's rule, but the other tribes scattered. Well, let's see what David writes about in Psalm 4. He prays God will answer him. He recalls God's miracle of freeing him when he is surrounded. He may have been referring to when King Saul was pursuing him, and the Lord caused a ruckus with the Philistines, causing Saul to turn back and fight against them instead of pursue him. Even though David writes from a moment of desperation, he still knows the Lord loves him. Verse 3 says, But know that the Lord has set apart for himself and given distinction to him who is the godly man of loving kindness. The Lord listens and heeds when I call to him. David knows and trusts God, hears his prayers. So verse 8 tells us he is at peace. Even when trials and tribulations come, David is secure in God. We can follow his example and stay in peace during the difficulties that we face. Let us pray. Oh Lord, thank you for sending your son to this earth to teach us more about you. And thank you for the men you brought up to share the gospel with boldness and courage. Thank you for the warriors like King David who demonstrates his complete trust in you. Help us be more courageous, Father. Help us walk into the plan you have for our lives and help us trust you even more. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for walking this journey with me and being a faithful reader of God's word. I pray that he shows himself as the God who loves you deeply and cares about every detail in your life. Come back tomorrow for some more thoughts and insights as you read God's word.